I imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole? Hmm? I can see it in your eyes. I'm trying to free your mind, Neo. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What truth? You say you that you are a slave, Neo. Trying to understand this! 20-year-olds fall in and out of love more often than they change their oil filters, which they should do more often. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. You have to let it all go, Neil. Fear, doubt, disbelief. Free your mind. It doesn't matter who we are. No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. How do you define real? You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. After this, there is no turning back. Are we clear? Crystal. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to Third Degree Mind. Coronavirus is taking over this country and uh, many different countries in kind of an unprecedented fashion. Well, I guess it's not even really unprecedented. It's not unlike what happened during Y2K, swine flu, bird flu, 2012 when the world was supposed to end, different diseases that have plagued our planet at various points in in, uh, in time over uh, recent years here. Really, it's... What it comes down to is basic personal hygiene, if you look at what the CDC is saying. You know, simple things that we should be doing every day. Washing your hands frequently, hand sanitizing, whatever, keeping germs off your hands and, and avoiding touching your own face, your your eyes, your mouth, your nose, things like that. And, and of course, avoiding contact with those who are sick. If you are feeling under the weather yourself, you know, they're telling you, stay home from work, don't go out unnecessarily, things like that. That's what's supposed to help kind of curb the spreading of this disease. But you know what's funny is people's reactions to all of this. You see all these memes on social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, about people buying toilet paper and water like in massive quantities to the point that there were a lot of stores at least here in Vegas where you couldn't buy toilet paper there was none it was all gone Costco empty shelves Sam's Club Walmart grocery stores everything was empty shelves by uh, those paper products because everybody's stocking up on this toilet paper and it, it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense I don't understand what the panic about having toilet paper is I you know I have another friend who didn't have any toilet paper in her house and needed to go buy some not not to stock up like crazy because of coronavirus but just her regular it's time for me to go buy toilet paper and she couldn't find it anywhere it's it's nowhere to be found and it's 
I don't know. I, I think I think people are a little bit extreme and over the top here, but it's crazy how things like uh, a disease outbreak, especially a new strain of a disease that we're unfamiliar with, the CDC doesn't have any real treatments for, definitely no vaccines. And of course, it's affecting those with weakened immune systems and, you know, the elderly, people who are already sick, things like that. And we're never going to know how many healthy adults have gotten coronavirus, but maybe they just stayed home feeling like they just had a bad case of a cold or a flu and they didn't seek any medical attention and they just stayed home and they had a really bad uh, several days of feeling sick. And then they may have gotten better, you know. I mean, we're, we're never going to know those numbers. So we're never going to know how many cases there have been in healthy adults with normal immune systems where maybe they didn't get sick enough to require being hospitalized. So anyways, uh, that's that's enough of that. Welcome to Third Degree Mind. Um, thanks for being here today, obviously. I wanted to talk with you a little bit about relationships and more specifically I want to focus on breakups. Uh, so I was dating someone last year. It's my longest most successful attempt at a relationship since I got divorced five years ago. It lasted about seven eight months and we fell apart right after New Year's right around there. Uh, well, actually, you know what, if I'm being honest, it was quite a bit before that, uh, that we started having some issues which quickly exploded into uh, major issues. Uh, if you've been following Third Degree Mind since the beginning, you've probably heard a few of my dating stories, and specifically, maybe you've noticed a theme here that I have a hard time interacting with and connecting with someone on an intimate level. You know, that's one of the side effects of something like uh, borderline personality disorder. Uh, our emotions get the better of us sometimes, and we feel everything on such an intense level. Everything seems so perfect in the beginning, and those emotions of love and excitement and Feelings of being wanted by someone else are amplified significantly in a person that has borderline or, or another form of a, a personality disorder. But over time, as that honeymoon phase kind of wanes, some other things start happening. And the problems, those negatives, are amplified too. Because borderline causes some seriously amplified emotions, that, that goes both ways. So when there's a fight or a disagreement over something that's really kind of minor, it quickly turns into something huge and can spin out of control very rapidly. Feelings like jealousy or anger, frustration, guilt... Just like those feelings of love, those negative feelings are always amplified. And you can quickly go from cloud nine, I'm in love with this person and want to spend the rest of my life with this person, to the other extreme, I don't ever want to see this person again. 
maybe even a feeling of hatred or resentment over something rather simple, like your significant other didn't realize that you were upset about your day. What? They didn't sense my frustration? They didn't sense my desire to be alone? She wanted to talk about her own day and didn't realize how I was feeling? Why is he so self-centered? And, and these feelings of intensity that may go unnoticed turn into some form of anger, like a feeling that the other person is simply not attentive. That lack of attention quickly becomes a strong, amplified feeling of resentment. You know how you might feel if you've been with someone for 10 or 15 years, but you've been miserable for the last eight of those years, and now that feeling has built up. Normally regulated people tend to suffer from what I would call the built-up syndrome. You know, feelings of negativity building up over a period of time, and eventually you reach this point where every little thing has the potential to set you off. But in a person with borderline, there is no real build-up factor. It's just there, already amplified immediately. And it's this vicious and turbulent cycle from cloud nine to resentment and anger and wanting this person out of your life. And it's incredibly challenging because you could go through this cycle multiple times uh, in one conversation, even. It's especially challenging when you realize that you suffer from something like borderline personality disorder and you know these things about yourself. You have that self-awareness. So you kind of try to check yourself like, okay, she's not noticing my feelings or not keying into the fact that I want to be left alone. But at the same time, I know that's not as big of a deal as I feel it to be because I know that I tend to overreact in these situations. So you do what you think is right and let it go, more or less. And maybe you'll have a conversation with your significant other that, you know, hey, I didn't really like that you weren't attentive. Or I really wanted to be left alone because of A, B, C, X, Y, Z. I don't know, maybe you have that conversation, maybe you don't. But at the end of the day, it kind of ends with you just accepting that you're probably making a bigger deal than you should. Because you know this about yourself. So then you go down this path of what most people with BPD and self-awareness go through. This path of, are my feelings really valid? And, and I've talked to you guys about this before. This feeling of, should I really feel this way? Or is it just the BPD talking? When you're self-aware of your BPD and trying to manage it, it quickly turns into this field of questioning your own thoughts and feelings and almost negating them. Like, well, I shouldn't feel that way 
It's just the BPD. So you start to sacrifice your own wants and needs in a way. But you can see where that goes. That's just going to perpetuate this cycle that is BPD. Because you're actually starting to lose your identity in that mix. Because those emotions are what make you, you. And one of the major problems that people with BPD experience is the lack of self-identity. You know, we start to attach ourselves to someone else. What that person feels, I feel. What this person wants to do, I want to do. If that person is happy, I'm happy. And you start to lose your own wants and needs and emotions because you're subconsciously sacrificing them for the good of the relationship. Because you've started out with that position of, are my feelings really valid here? And ultimately, and many times, the conclusion or the answer to that question is no. So like I said, this turns into a vicious cycle. And I talked about that built-up syndrome that people experience when they don't have BPD. If they just bury their feelings, they start to let things uh, build up. And one day, they just kind of explode. That, that's, that's the normal cycle of what happens in that built-up syndrome if you just kind of let everything build up and you don't ever vent any of that out. And you don't ever have these conversations. A normal person will suffer from that built-up syndrome and over time they're going to explode. But the problem with someone who has BPD, the problem with that is when you go down this path of negating your feelings and essentially your own identity you also are going to start suffering from this built-up syndrome. But because everything with BPD is extreme and amplified, your built-up syndrome and the resulting blow-up or explosion is going to be even more amplified than what you would normally expect. So what do you do? I mean, how do you overcome this anyways? Well, I want to come back to that, but first I want to share... A little about what happened in my own relationship here. You know, I've gotten more than one message or email from folks saying that my life is kind of like a soap opera. In fact, some of my friends use that term to describe some aspects of my life. It's entertainment value, the way that I deal with things and the way that I approach relationships sometimes. And I can see that. I can look back in hindsight at the way I handled a, a given situation and think to myself, what in the fuck was I thinking? And and that's how we learn and grow. You know, I, I think that's not unique to the fact that I have borderline personality disorder. That's that's unique to being human. That's that's a common thing that if any of us look back over our lives, we we constantly look at something that we did or a situation we found ourselves in and, and we ask ourselves, what the fuck was I thinking when I did that? That makes no sense. That's how we learn and grow. So whether you listen to my stories out of pure entertainment value or because you want to learn something, uh, 
I don't have a problem with that either way, but obviously my goal here is to learn something about myself. That's a big part of why I do this podcast, which I've told you before. Uh, but also, you know, to try to impress some of those lessons onto you. You know, if I've learned something in my own experience about how I handle a situation or how I approach emotions or feelings of happiness or anger, things like that, uh, if I learn a lesson in the process, my goal obviously here is to use these stories to help illustrate some of my points uh, in order to teach some of those lessons to you as well. Of course, that's a, a big point of uh, this podcast. So anyways, let me go back to about September, maybe early October last year. Things were great. Cloud nine, as I like to say, the honeymoon phase. And of course, it's not only the honeymoon phase, but it's an amplified honeymoon phase supercharged by my own BPD. This was the first girl that I had any remote shot at a relationship with since my ex-wife. I was in Cupid's heaven, my friends. After being with her for just a few months, she was the one. This is how I felt. So what did I do in September? Well, of course, (laughs) being in Cupid's heaven... I moved in with her. That's right. That's the next logical step, right? Yeah, no. (laughs) No, but that is what I did. See, I, I dated quite a bit in the last few years, but I never felt any true connection with someone for an extended period of time. The few months that we were together was considered an extended period of time for me. Up until this, I told myself that I'd never want to have someone living with me. I'd never want someone to move in with me. I value my space. I value my alone time. But I truly was so in love with this girl, the first girl in several years, after going on countless dates with countless women, she was the one that I finally had hope for. So she moved in, moved into my house. Well, she moved in so fast that we never had certain conversations. Conversations that should be had before you move in. These are conversations about our future, where we're going in our relationship. Do we want to have kids together one day? Do we want to get married one day? Is that what our goal is? What are we moving towards? You know, things like that. And even some short-sighted things that should be discussed, we didn't. Like how much she would contribute financially, like to my mortgage and utilities. You know, these conversations, very pragmatic, very basic, very obvious, you would think. But these were conversations that we didn't have. So now she moves into my house and we had no idea how much uh, she was going to pay or we had never discussed it. So she moves in. She's here for about six weeks. And six weeks into her living with me, it kind of dawns on me, you know what? She hasn't paid anything to live here. I approach her about this. And the conversation kind of goes nowhere. You know, I didn't really need her money. I was already paying the bills on my own before she moved in. She didn't make a ton of money, so 
like I said, I, I didn't really need her money. So honestly, I, I just kind of backed down on the whole money issue. The conversation went nowhere. And ultimately, I backed down because, like I said, she didn't make much and I didn't really need it anyways. And remember what I was talking about before, that big question. Are my feelings really valid here? I basically minimized and negated my own feelings because I couldn't tell if it was rational or BPD talk. Me wanting to bring up money and talk about that, I, I, I couldn't tell. In the moment, I couldn't tell if that was a rational way to feel or if that was simply something, because I had borderline, that it was making it extreme that I'm suddenly realizing she hasn't paid anything and I'm, I'm starting to go down a path of anger about that. So I didn't know if I was like, you know what? No, no, that's the borderline. This is not a rational feeling, so let it go. And that's what I did. Fast forward a little bit. I'm sorry if this is uh, too much information, but I'm going to share it anyways because that's the purpose of this podcast, getting that stuff out that needs to be said, analyzed, and uh, if you find it entertaining, then I guess it's uh, entertainment value, uh, educational if you find it educational, and, and kind of just to help me paint my picture of what happened. All right. And, and I'm I'm always encouraging feedback from you guys on some of these issues. So this is one of the things that I kind of want some feedback from you on. Um, so we've been together since about April. Seven months at this point, maybe something like that. And I asked her if she would consider birth control. I didn't want to have another kid at that time in my life. And she wasn't on any form of birth control at all. And, and let's be honest, seven months in a relationship of using condoms gets old and it's super annoying. I don't know any guys that like condoms and while some women don't mind them or don't really feel any difference, at least in my experience, most women aren't a huge fan of them either. Like I said, some probably don't mind, some don't notice a difference, whatever, but I really feel like most are not a huge fan of them either. So I, I thought it was a reasonable thing to be brought up. But she shoots that down almost immediately with very little discussion. I will never put that stuff into my body. There isn't enough research to know the long-term health effects of taking something like that. Of taking those hormones and putting them into my body. People take that stuff like it's candy, but I won't because I'm not comfortable with it. Fine. That was that. I let it go. She shot it down with minimal discussion, but at the end of the day, it's her body. It's her decision, right? Now, I did feel like that wasn't fair, and something like birth control should be a joint decision to an extent. And obviously, there's lots of side effects, and different women experience those side effects to different degrees. And if she knows, for example, that one particular type of birth control, like let's say the shot, 
doesn't sit well with her body. She gets nauseous, sick, super uncomfortable. Or she just doesn't like shots, whatever. Then fine. But there's lots of different options. If you don't like the shot, there's a pill. There's an IUD. You know, there's different choices. So I was irritated by the lack of discussion and by the fact that she was simply vetoing all forms of birth control, not because she's tried them and had reactions or had bad experiences or anything like that, but more of a matter of principle. Like, she has not had any, never tried any of them, will not try them, will not discuss them with a doctor, won't discuss them with me, just plain and simple, absolutely not, across the top, vetoed instantly. So like I said, I I let it go. I asked myself again, are my feelings really valid here? And ultimately, I decided they mostly weren't because it's her body. It's her decision. I thought in my head, I mean, I can end the relationship if this is something that's that important to me. And, and I did actually consider that. I did actually consider breaking up with her over this issue. Because again, amplified emotions fueled by BPD give you an extreme reaction to every scenario that you're faced with. BPD is like the gasoline that you throw on a campfire. I don't know if it would be a deal breaker for most people to have a, to have the girl say, nope, I'm not doing any birth control, period, end of discussion. I don't know if that's a deal breaker for most guys. I'm curious. I, I, I want to know what some of you think. What Some of you guys, what do you think about that? Is that, is that a deal breaker for you? Or... Is there a way around it, or do you not really care? Women, open my eyes. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if that's maybe how you are. Get, get, help me understand, because I want to know both sides, male and female, and whichever side that you happen to be on of this, of this uh, issue. I don't know if it's a deal breaker for most people. I talked to a close friend of mine who told me that it was a deal breaker for him, and he would have ended it based on that alone. Not only because she said no, but maybe even more importantly, because she was just completely unwilling to discuss it. She was unwilling to make a joint decision. And then the, the second thing that he brought up, which I don't know if this is really the case, but he brought this up and this made me paranoid. That to him, it sounded like uh, she was kind of trying to trap me somehow. She was trying to get pregnant and and trap me. And that kind of freaked me out a little bit because I, I hadn't thought of that before. And when he mentioned that, it was like, you know what? What other logical reason would there be for her to be so against birth control, especially since she's never tried it? Like I said, it's not that it's not that she's tried it and she doesn't like the side effects or that she's done this research and she doesn't like this specific risk. It's not like that. It's just a pure principle. I will not do it. So I thought about this, you know, trap me thing. And it turned into a fear of, what if she is trying to trap me? I thought about the fact that we actually were somewhat risky several times. We didn't use a condom. And how easy it would have been for her to have gotten pregnant any of those times that that happened. 
because I wasn't making smart decisions every single time that we had sex. So now I'm dealing with fear, a fear that I'm accepting to be irrationally extreme because again, this fear is going to be fueled by BPD. So I have this, this very strong fear, which I'm already thinking in my mind is irrational. And I'm still asking myself again, are my feelings really valid here? Same thing as before. Nope. The fear is irrational. The need to have birth control is not valid. It might be a desire, but truthfully, I can live without it. Get over it. I'm negating more of my feelings here. But I really couldn't get over it. I really couldn't wrap my head around it. So I started thinking about other options, like, Number one, if there was a male birth control pill, I would have started that in a heartbeat. And, and I'm sure most of the guys listening understand what I mean here. If we had that choice, boom, no questions asked. I, I know that's how I would, I know I would jump on that if that was an option, but it's not an option. Guys, we really only have two options, okay? We have condoms and we have vasectomy, and that's really it. Or I guess the third option, don't have sex. That's option three, which wasn't really a viable option for me. So in this situation, I'm looking at my two choices, condoms and vasectomy. So I sat her down again. I straight up asked her, very simply, how would you feel if I wanted a vasectomy? I didn't really have my mind made up one way or another. I just know that I had seriously been contemplating it, and ever since my daughter was born, I've thought about the fact that this might be my only child. I don't know if I'll ever want more. I don't know if I'll ever be in a relationship to where there was a want and a desire and the possibility, and that she would want another kid. So I brought it up to her. Now, keep in mind what I told you earlier that we never really had talks about where our relationship was going, like whether or not we wanted kids down the line. This was kind of the first time this had ever come up. So how do you think she reacted to the vasectomy question? Yep, you guessed it. She completely flipped out. You should have known that I wanted kids. I can't believe... That you're seriously contemplating making such a selfish decision. All of that. And I said, now hang on just a second. This is only being talked about and considered because you made the selfish decision to not entertain any form of birth control. This is the only choice I've got besides condoms, which I'm over condoms. It's been seven months. I want to have condom-free sex. And the only reason a vasectomy is even in this conversation now at all is because of your decision, which I was not even remotely a part of. And I even pointed out that, unlike her, I'm actually trying to have a conversation about options. I'm actually trying to include her in a decision. 
Because even though it's a decision that I am going to ultimately make about my body, this is something that's a joint decision. And I pointed that out to her that she didn't really look at birth control as a joint decision. She flat out told me, no, the answer is no. I've made up my mind. This is what I'm doing, period. But that's not what I was trying to do. I could have gone up to her and said, by the way, I'm getting a vasectomy tomorrow and there's nothing you can do about it and there's nothing you can say to change my mind. Because that's essentially what she did with me when I brought up birth control. She just told me this is how it's going to be and that's that. Well, anyways, that conversation kind of ultimately ended unsolved, you know, didn't go anywhere. All I knew was that she was adamantly opposed. So once again, what do you think I asked myself? Are my feelings really valid here? By the way, are, are you starting to see a trend here? Maybe it's the insecurity that surrounds BPD, the lack of self-identity, the fact that my emotions and feelings ultimately become tied to hers. And and you could see where this is going. You could see the pattern. You're starting to, I'm sure. And like I said before, eventually, there is always that built-up syndrome. BPD or not. Things are going to build up, and you're going to have an explosion at some point. And with BPD, that built-up feeling is amplified, just like everything else. So shortly after that conversation, I just started getting irritated with everything. Every little thing irritated the shit out of me. Little things that truly shouldn't have bothered me did. I didn't want to see her anymore. I didn't want to be around her. I didn't want to spend time with her. And I sure as hell didn't want her living in my house anymore. Quite frankly, I didn't even want to be in a relationship anymore. Every time she'd look at me sideways or something incredibly minor, I'd think to myself, I need to end things with this girl as soon as possible. So, come January, I did end it. I put up with that drama through the holidays. Uh, November, December were rough, but I, I put up with it. It didn't get any better. January came and I ended it. So we break up in early January and things just kept getting weirder and weirder from there. So I have a few more uh, sides to this story and a few more questions that I want to get your feedback on. So uh, I'll be right back after this. I need to get some water. My throat's getting super scratchy. So I'm going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. I started this podcast in 2018 as a way to talk about some things that go on in a very dark place. My own mind. I didn't know if anybody would listen and truthfully, I didn't really care if anybody listened. I never set out to create and run a successful podcast with millions of followers. That was never my goal. But over the last two years, we've seen a lot of growth, and 
almost accidental. I learned over the last two years that this type of podcast is beneficial to many different people for many different reasons. Mental health, specifically borderline personality disorder and related emotional regulation disorders, is a relatively unexplored field of mental health. I know that when I first began my journey struggling with this illness, I frequently felt like I had nowhere to turn. Nobody understood how I felt, and I was embarrassed about how I felt. So I wouldn't share the truth behind my emotions with anybody. I even struggled with therapists because I went to so many who did not understand anything about this condition. I researched it myself, and before long, I felt like I was explaining borderline to the therapist, and therapy was just not beneficial to me anymore. But I do agree with talking your problems out, getting them out into the open. I just needed a forum to do that. The third degree mind was born. By listening to this podcast, following me on Facebook, and communicating with me by email and over Facebook Messenger, I have learned that this is a field that needs to be talked about. And whether you're here for the educational value, to learn something from my experiences, or you just enjoy listening to the stories that I share, you all have contributed to making Third Degree Mind what it is today, and I can never thank you enough for that. Our show now reaches a worldwide audience in over a dozen different countries. What I want to ask of you today is that you help me continue to grow our audience. Follow me on Facebook. Just search Third Degree Mind. You can contact me there. Feel free to engage on any posts, share posts on your own Facebook, any of that. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, there are lots of different ways you can do that. One of the more popular options is a program called CastBox. They have a phone app and a website where you can subscribe to Third Degree Mind. Apple iTunes is also a great option. Just search for Third Degree Mind in the podcast library. Another popular option is Podbean, which is actually where I host the podcast. Podbean has both iPhone and Android apps, as well as browser access if you listen on your computer. There are lots of different ways to make sure that we stay in touch, that you're always getting the most recent content that I'm putting out. And here's the best part. It's all free. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of Third Degree Mind, because I could not have done it without you. All right, welcome back, welcome back, Third Degree Mind. We're talking about breakups, and I kind of want to get into now some of the things that happen after a breakup. So like I said... I ended this relationship in early January, and here's something that I want to ask you about, okay? For the first time in my life, I ended a relationship, but I left a door open for a friendship. Now, I don't know what you think about that. I know that a lot of people have strong opinions one way or another, Maybe they've tried that and it worked out. Maybe they've tried it and it didn't work out. Maybe they've never tried it, but just have a strong opinion one way or another. And, and, and that's what I'm looking for. I want to know what some of your views on this are. Okay. Can you 
be friends after a relationship. Why or why not? And if so, how do you turn a once intimate relationship into a positive friendship? I've never successfully done this, nor have I ever attempted it. But I figured I would leave the door open here and see what happens. Honestly, not sure why, but I did. But I did know that I had to let the dust settle. Before any idea of a friendship was remotely possible, we have to let the pain of the breakup kind of ease away. Because I knew that the breakup hurt her. But let me give you a little more context here. And then I have another question on what your philosophy with breakups is. All right, so when we were together... She became very good friends with one of my close friends and his girlfriend. The four of us were a great foursome. We, We went on vacations together. We hung out as a group all the time, multiple times a week here in town. And and like I said, we even went on multiple vacations together as, as a group. So that friend asks me how I feel about he and his girlfriend Staying friends with my ex. Honestly, I had no problem with that. And and again, this is something else that I want your opinion on. In the case of a nasty breakup where there was cheating, people were badly hurt, lives were severely affected, maybe there's kids involved if we're talking about a, a, the end of a marriage. Uh, in those types of situations, friends kind of need to take sides. You stay friends with your friends. These were my friends, so they're going to stay my friends and they aren't going to be your friends anymore. That type of thing. But in a generally simple breakup where we were only together for seven, eight months at best, and she became close with my friends, is it okay for my friends to stay friends with her? I told my friend that I didn't care. You know, he approached me saying, hey, can we stay friends with her? Is it okay with you if we stay friends with her? And truthfully, I didn't care. My friends are good people. My ex is a good person. We just had some difference of opinion on some things. And those differences of of opinion turned south really quick. But... You know, at the end of the day, I still want the best for her. I have no negative feelings towards her as a result of our relationship ending. This isn't like my ex-wife. So anyways, he and his girlfriend did stay friends with her. But I quickly learned through this friend that she was having a very difficult time getting over me. My friend would tell me all about how his conversations with her were always about me. And, you know, the, why did he break up with me? Did he make a mistake? Did he lose someone good when he dumped me? Why didn't 
He'd try to work things out with me. I can't believe he could give up so easily, etc., etc. It wasn't really much of a friendship because it was her just kind of using him for information and as a way to still be connected to me almost and kind of like, uh, I'm going to use you to complain about my ex who is also your friend. But over the course of a month or so, he started telling me that she seemed to be starting to get over it and moving on. Things were getting better. She wasn't talking about it so pathetically anymore. She was trying to move past the relationship, recover from it, learn from it, be a better person because of it. You know, all those good things, etc., etc. So once I started hearing that from him, you know, it's been a month, six weeks since we broke up, I decided I would try the whole friends thing with her and see what would happen. Like I said, I left that door open. She seemed okay with it. I figured I'd give it a shot and see what happens. So I invited her over to watch a TV show that we had been binge watching on Netflix while we were together. Obviously, we stopped once we broke up. I made it clear that it was just a friend's thing. Come over, let's pick up where we left off on this TV show because we haven't watched it. It can kind of be something that we do together for now, see what happens. But I made it super abundantly clear that this was just a friend's thing. She was good with that. She came over and that's what happened. Nothing crazy. Actually, I had no problem with it. But here's something. Get this. My friend tells me that he actually had plans with her that night. And that she canceled on him to see me. He wanted to see her because... He was having a hard time in his relationship with his girlfriend. And he reached out to her, my ex, for advice. He had been a listening ear for her for over a month when she would complain and cry about me. And he was actually a great friend to her during that time, giving her advice, helping her move past me, helping build her confidence back up that she's not a bad person. But then when he needed her, she blew him off to come watch TV with me because I unknowingly invited her the same night that they had made those plans. That pissed me off. She blew off a great friend who is also one of my great friends. She blew off this great friend for her ex-boyfriend who hasn't seen her or talked to her in over a month. And the friend is that she blew off is the one that's been there for her through all of this. I wasn't there for her. I'm the one that dumped her. I moved on. This whole thing told me that she wasn't even remotely over me. But, my friends... This, this is where the story gets beyond weird.
This is another thing that I need your opinion on. Okay. About a week or two later, my friend ends up breaking up with his girlfriend. He hangs out with my ex after the fact. And, yep, you guessed it. He sleeps with her. Oh my god, my life is a freaking soap opera. Talk about drama. All right. End up breaking up with my girlfriend. And I, I leave the door open. The possibility of staying friends with her. I tell my friends, who are also her friends, that I'm okay with them staying friends with her, even though we broke up. Because maybe in my twisted twisted mind, maybe my goal is that we could still kind of be a foursome, even though she and I aren't really together anymore. I don't, I don't know what I was thinking with this. I don't know if it makes any sense. But I say, sure, you stay friends with her. I'm going to try to be friends with her. Why not? Sounds like you could stay friends with her, too. I don't have a problem with that. Boom, friend breaks up with his girlfriend. He hangs out with my ex. And apparently there's some kind of spark between these two. And boom, now they hook up. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing how that all works out. I never saw that coming in a million years. I don't even know what to think of that. Am I supposed to be mad at him? Is this a, a loyalty issue? Did he betray me by sleeping with my ex? I don't know. I gave him permission to be friends with her. Does he need my permission to sleep with her? It's not like I have dibs on her anymore. We broke up over two months ago now. Is that any of my business even? Here's, a, here's probably a question that you're wondering is how did I find out? Well, she sure as shit didn't tell me. He did. Okay. And, and before we all rush to judgment against him, and I do want to know your opinion, so if you're rushing to judgment against him, you, you can share that with me. But before... We throw him to the wolves. I want you to know that he is the one that came and told me about it. And the reason that he told me, he says, is because he felt guilty about it. He's not trying to pursue a relationship with her. He says it was just a one-time thing, an accident, a mistake. You know, we both were upset about our relationships having ended, and it just kind of happened. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess I can, I can buy that. I can buy that that's the way it went down, I should say. I'm not excusing the fact that it happened because obviously he made the choice and and she did too, you know. So, is it still even possible to be friends with her now knowing that she has slept with one of my friends after we broke up? I don't know. I can't decide how I feel. I don't even know if I'm mad at him, if I'm mad at her. If I even fucking care, I don't know. Honestly, I kind of don't really care. I don't. I mean, it was it was surprising at first. It was shocking. I was bothered by it. I don't really know why, but I was. 
So I, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm just kind of in this limbo of trying to decide how I feel with one of my best friends sleeping with one of my exes. I don't know. I I guess this is something where I, I really, I truthfully do want to get some feedback from you all. Either by email, if you'd, preferably Facebook. If you use Facebook, that's what I'm looking for, ideally, because that's the one that I check the most. I'm going to see the, the Facebook message if you send me one. Third Degree Mind, search on Facebook, like, follow, whatever, and then send a message or or just a post if you want it to be public and you want other people to see uh, what your reaction to that is, that's fine. Or if you want to send it directly to me in a message, that's fine too. If you don't use Facebook, but you want to share your thoughts with me, I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, you can always send an email, borderline750 at gmail.com borderline 750 gmail.com we are coming up on an hour for this episode already and my my goal here or my plan when i sat down to start recording this tonight my plan was i wanted to tell this story okay and then i wanted to kind of dissect it a little bit uh as far as what happened in the in my relationship, what happened uh, that led up to the breakup. I talked about that built-up syndrome. And I wanted to give some time to, obviously, some strategies for that. Some, Like I said, the, the educational side for how we handle these breakups. Or better yet, rather than letting it turn into a breakup, how do we handle these situations in a relationship so that it doesn't go the direction that mine ultimately went towards that demise. But like I said, we're already coming up on an hour with just sharing the story. It is a rather long story. So what we're going to do is I'm going to call it pretty soon here that um, that'll be the end for tonight. And the next next uh, episode hopefully I get some uh, feedback from you guys that I can kind of share and then um, talk a little bit about that. Plus, it gives me a few more days to kind of dissect this. This whole idea of me finding out that the two of them slept together, this is within the last uh, two to three days. And I've gone through the pendulum of emotions from anger to resentment to I never want to see either of these people again to I don't really give a fucking shit what they do I he can sleep with who he wants with he could sleep with whoever he wants to and she's my ex so she could sleep with whoever she wants to I don't care whatever I, I've gone through the whole cycle of every possible extreme that you can imagine with this so giving me a few days to kind of dissect it a little bit in my own mind, process it, think about it, and see how I think I should feel, because I don't even fucking know that yet. And then combined with your feedback and your opinions on all of these topics, because there was kind of a few things that I asked for your feedback on. So uh, send me those emails or Facebook messages, Facebook comments on the Facebook page, whatever. And... 
hopefully in the next few days, I'm going to have time to record again and we're going to get, um, we're going to get into some of these things with that built up syndrome that I was alluding to, because that's a big topic that I think needs to be discussed. And we have to talk about what I did well in my relationship and what I did not do well, because that's where we're going to learn the lessons of how do we handle this, uh, whether we have BPD or not, because that's always kind of my goal is I, I, I'm wanting to use my personality disorder to help teach some lessons, but those lessons are going to be applicable to those of you with a similar uh, condition and those of you that just have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. And uh, you can use some of those strategies, whether you have BPD or not. It's not exclusive to managing a uh, personality disorder. So that's where we're going to hang it up for today. Thank you for uh, listening to this, what I think is a soap opera style uh, story situation. Um, But that is my life. So that is my life. That is what we're talking about. And that's hopefully where what we can find some good, uh, good lessons in. So we'll get into that uh, next time. Thank you again for listening. And Hope you have a great day. Hopefully you're not coming under the weather like we talked about coronavirus in the beginning. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you use hand sanitizer. Don't be touching your face. Don't be uh, hugging somebody or kissing somebody that's got some cold or flu-like symptoms going on. Just be smart, people. You don't need all the toilet paper you can get. You don't need all that water. Your water is going to keep running out of the faucet just fine. Toilet paper, you're going to be able to go to the store. Nothing's going to happen at Walmart. Walmart's not going to go out of business because of coronavirus. Don't worry about any of that. Uh, just use some common sense, people. And if you if you start feeling under the weather, go to, go to an urgent care, go to your doctor, whatever. Seek some treatment, and you're going to be fine. It's not the end of the world, I promise you. <laughs> All right. With that being said, I will talk to you again real soon in the next couple of days. Have a great rest of your night, guys. Hey, it's Jay, creator and host of Third Degree Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I wanted to close really quick by reminding you that Third Degree Mind is produced primarily for entertainment purposes and is not intended to treat or diagnose any mental illness and is not intended to replace clinical psychiatry. I am not a licensed therapist or physician, so if you feel that you need mental health treatment, please always seek that appropriate care in your area. If you're feeling actively suicidal, please call 911 or take yourself to an emergency room. If you're in the U.S., you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 24-7 at 1-800-273-8255 or contact them using their online chat service at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And once again, they are available 24-7.